Hello, and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Jason with Liquid Courage Entertainment in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Corey with Third Degree Entertainment in Eastern Washington and North Idaho. And we do have two special uh, unheard voices with us right now. Uh, first, well, let's hear them then, damn it. Well, first, uh, I'm introducing them. They deserve a goddamn introduction, Jason. Well, one of them does. The other one is James. Uh, we've got <laughs> one of these people that you're about to hear from is a Trivia Writers Co-op member. Uh, has been a longtime member. Super helpful in, in writing uh, and, and just assisting with trivia in general. And hopefully will become a regular on this show. Uh, and the other who you'll hear from in a moment is the main editor on this podcast. So go ahead and introduce yourselves. Oh, yeah. After an introduction like that, I really want to become a host here. <laughs> yeah, my name is my name is James Key, also known as Dween and also known as the Trivia Nerd from Louisville, Kentucky. Wait, did you say Louisville? Did I hear that correctly? Uh, you know what? I Anytime I, I'm pressured to say it, it's like Louisville. You know, I mean, every, you just say, where, where are you from? Louisville, Kentucky. That's better, huh? Louisville, Good old Kentucky. Louisville KY. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. As the locals call it. And this and, awkward and silence, uh, silence yeah. will be taken out <laughs> in editing by who? And I am Ken, uh, the editor for this show. And also, I'm from Triviality Podcast, mostly. Yeah, mostly. Triviality, I mean, I, yeah. that, that's where people know you for sure, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. I am the, I, I kind of feel like a ghost uh, editing your show, like hearing my name, but unable to respond. Uh, well, now you can finally say all the things you've had boiling under the skin after, what, 15, 20 episodes of, hey, Ken, <laughs> oh, fix this. Absolutely boiling. It. Yep, absolutely <laughs> boiling. So I suppose uh, before we get into the, the, the main meat of the episode, I should ask uh, both of you just real quick, how did you get into the trivia spaces? Uh, Ken, we'll start with you. Um, I've always liked uh, watching game sh trivia game shows, answering questions, playing Trivial Pursuit, um, and kind of casually going to bar trivia and kind of made it a regular weekly thing when we discovered yours and I got the Triviality boys to all join up and come as a team and since then we wanted to start a podcast and we, we did and we've been at it for like four years now going strong and still working hard every week. Wait, this is all your fault you're saying? I guess, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first, folks. Ken is to blame. How about you, James? Uh, you know, it's a, a lot of the same, actually. I've been a fan of game shows ever since I can remember uh, and have just uh, always been wanting to learn all the extra little tidbits about the world. And I, I never really got into bar trivia, but I always liked to be the host of anything and everything that I could. And I would say a little more than a decade ago, I started getting into uh, the writing and the hosting uh, kind of environment uh, and helping out with some fundraisers. And that's a lot of what I do. I do some fundraisers here and there. And I also do weekly shows for a trivia company that I work for. So uh, I'm just pleased as punch to be able to be that game show host that I've always wanted to be. Speaking for Jason, uh, something that I do have permission to do. <laughs> I I, I want to say that we're very uh, glad to have both of you here, and I hope you're both glad to be here, because I'm going to read you a review of the, uh, the episode, or of the podcast that you're currently guesting on, and you'll understand why it's so important, okay? Uh, All right, this, sounds good. Let's, let's, let's hear, hear this. 
This is the first time we've read a review, by the way. Oh, uh, this can't possibly end well, but go ahead. This review comes from all the way back on episode one. Carl <laughs> Urban would make a good centaur. Uh, and it comes from Taylor. And the review is, this was great and insightful with the changes we're going through during this time and a lot of fun to hear everyone's backgrounds. Please don't stop. Well, good news, so, Taylor. We haven't yet. It's a pretty glowing review. Kind of a big deal. And now y'all get to be a part of that. Right That's there. like a... Yeah, well, it was the second one. The first one was my wife. <laughs> God, my wife hasn't <laughs> she, even reviewed she, us. She trashed the show completely, right? Uh, oh, she had capital nice. O opinions for episode one, if I remember correctly. <laughs> well, she did, but not in the review. In the review, she said, full of pleasant voices and interesting information. Hmm. I'll yeah. take that. That's yeah, like the Midwest too. 7 of podcast reviews right there. Also, you have now heard two of our six reviews. So, let's get some more. This is yeah. a guilt trip on all of y'all listening. Review us. Let us know what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of, who you want to hear less of, uh, and just what you think overall. We appreciate it. It, it helps us a lot. And I'll tell you what, I'll do you one better. Uh, if we get to 50 reviews, I know that other podcasts have done this. Uh, we'll do a giveaway where we give away something of trivialities. Sound good, Ken? I'm not so sure about that one. <laughs> eh, I don't know. It's already said and it can't be taken back. So We've got nothing to give right now. Oh, I have so much just loose triviality merch sitting at my house in, in Chicagoland. I'm sure we can put something <laughs> together. Oh, as long as it's yours, then, yeah. Go for oh it. yeah, touche, touche. So uh, let's let's throw the question out to our guests today, uh, Ken and James. What is your favorite genre or category of trivia? Uh, I would say my favorite category is probably going to be in the realm of television. Uh, I've always been a TV kid growing up, uh, watching whatever, whenever I could, uh, and of course with the you know advent of streaming and all the cable stations that are out there, it's hard to keep up with everything. But it's still something that I like to. Uh, dabble in and find out as much as I can. Uh, you know, and, and anything along the lines of TV and movies, I'm not really a big movie goer, but I feel like I know enough about movies to do well uh, at, at trivia. So those are my stronger points, I would say. All right. And how about you, Ken? Well, uh, on our show, I'm kind of the jack of all trades, master of none. I really like uh, movie questions, but Neil's got that covered. I like history questions, but Jeff's got that covered. Um, but I like pop culture too, but Matt's got that covered mostly, but, uh, I, I just kind of dabble. So I like to say, uh, I'm the fun facts guy and, uh, that kind of leads us into what we're talking about today. Jason. Yeah. Uh, we're talking today, uh, gentlemen about pop culture trivia. And I want to just say this right out of the gate. We are not going to be talking specifically about music trivia. We're not going to be specifically talking about movie trivia. We've done those episodes. You should listen to them. They're good. Uh, but, you know, just all things pop culture that are not specifically focused on those two specific kind of uh, aspects of it. So, uh, Corey, I'm going to well, throw I, it to I you. Do... Go ahead. Oh, great. I was going to say, too, I, I think that we'll also be talking more about pop culture in general as opposed to the parts of pop culture. So um, we'll, we'll touch on what the categories are under this umbrella. Uh, but, but I think for the most part, all of our discussion here is going to apply to any pop culture categories. Uh, but let's let's get started with talking about what is pop culture. What are those categories under the pop culture uh, umbrella? As Jason said, obviously we're looking at music and movies. Um, 
But uh, what else do you throw in a pop culture round? See, at least to me, when I think pop culture, I basically think uh, in a trivia sense, anything that you didn't learn specifically in school. So that takes out science and math and history and geography and, and some of the more kind of plain cut um, trivial pursuit style categories. This is, for lack of a better word, street smarts kind of trivia. The stuff that you can just walk in uh, through experiential knowledge and be able to answer as opposed to having had studied it or learned it in a classroom setting or um, researching it for whatever purpose. It's just, it's the stuff you kind of um, absorb throughout your everyday life. You know, to kind of uh, not negate that, but kind of from a different direction, I'd say it's more, honestly, for me, pop culture is entertainment and or current news. Okay, uh, I can see it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Enter entertainment, yeah. Uh, anything dealing with, uh, you know, not to just peg it to Hollywood for us Americans, but, uh, you know, the people and the, the places that go with it. So anything celebrity, anything TMZ type. Uh, th those are going to probably fall under your pop culture umbrella for sure. Yeah. And I, I just like to throw in there uh, stuff that's going on on the internet too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Internet culture, memes, things like that. YouTube celebrities, uh, yeah. Viners. Vi Vine is still a thing, right? He said sarcastically. Mm, I think mm. it's been fully replaced with TikTok. Look, all I know, all I know is that Vine gave us Jake and Logan Paul and it should apologize. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Why well, um, did they really, did they go from Vine to YouTube? Because I thought they yep. were pretty big. You, wow. Yeah, no, That's, they yeah. they got to millions of followers on YouTube like the day that they jumped ship as Vine was sinking. Uh, this is the sum total of my pop culture knowledge, right there. Jake and Logan Paul <laughs> are terrible people and should apologize for themselves and others. Yeah, and what's sad is at time of recording here, uh, a little bit early December. You know, they're trending right now. Like one of them is boxing i you've got me as to why uh, other well i mean i know why it's the attention they've got to have the attention if they don't have somebody watching them do something stupid then their lives are you know even more meaningless than you can already assume that they are so uh, you know uh, does that mean that everybody that's on YouTube wants attention. Everybody on TikTok wants attention. Well, yes, but I think there's <laughs> going to be different degrees of it as well. And I think, like you said, those Pauls are just, ugh, that's the best word I can come up with. Ugh. Fair enough. Welcome to Quadrivia, listeners, by the way, the podcast where we now shit on Jake and Logan Paul for 30 to 45 minutes. I remember when the internet was downloadable and it was 56 kilobits per second. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Oh, Just God. <laughs> but, you know, that, oh, yeah. that brings up kind of an interesting uh, to, to bring us back to the roundtable a little bit. Uh, some people in the trivia space uh, and a lot of this has to do with the concept of quiz bowl and some terminology that, that goes around in that environment. Uh, they refer to this kind of trivia, pop culture -y stuff as quote unquote trash trivia. And since we just spent several minutes trashing some trash people, uh, let's get into that. Do you guys have thoughts on whether or not pop culture has earned or has been maligned as trash trivia in a pub quiz context? Uh, I could field this one if you want. Um, I, I don't think it's trash trivia. I don't think any trivia is trash, uh, uh, even if it's about the Kardashians. Um, maybe the subject is is a trash subject. Uh, I don't I don't partake myself, but uh, I don't think asking about it is unfair. Um, 
the the Pauls that we mentioned. I don't think asking about them is unfair. They're they're um, you know famous people to too many, not to me, but uh, to many. So I don't think it's trash trivia. Whether it's uh, something I like to consume or not is a different story. But uh, I think it's fair game. You know, and I think that's a really really good point. You know, if I'm asking a, a question about who won this reality TV show. I'm going to get some team that takes trivia too seriously that says, that's not trivia. We don't watch reality TV. And I mean, what what's the difference between them not watching The Bachelor and me not reading science journals or encyclopedias and knowing, you know, the the scientific classifications of different animals? It's all about seeking out and learning knowledge in general, regardless yeah. of how uh, useful or academic it may be. Yeah, when I get a real housewife's question, it really boils my blood. But uh, <laughs> I just say, you know what, this question is not for me, and I, I let it go. Yeah, so. I mean, it's an open marketplace, in a sense. Uh, not every question is going to be for every player, and it's not going to tickle every individual person's fancy. And that's, as writers, that's kind of the fun of it. You know, you throw, you throw a, a curveball to some teams that's a softball to others. Um, I can think of a couple examples from my uh, my long since past Monday night live show where I would throw questions in that were generational because I knew I had a team full of uh, you know older women. Ken, you know exactly which team I'm talking about when I say mm. that. Uh, mm -hmm. I would try to throw them one that would be softball for them, curveball for others because we attracted weird uh zoomers and doomers there all the time ken you know exactly who i'm talking about spoiler it's you <laughs> all right so to get to the real point there um as ken was saying what's what's good for the goose may not necessarily be good for the gander but it's trivia and by definition trivia is unimportant information you might have well you mentioned yeah. you know people of of different ages and that's going to be a big splitter when it comes to what the knowledge base is now i mean just because somebody is older doesn't mean that they're going to have the sum of experiences throughout all the years that they have lived uh you know i mean you've got the younger people who are probably going to know more about the internet culture versus some of the older folks and then the older folks are going to know a lot more about the you know the history of all the pop culture that has ever been or ever was so uh, you know i think that that's going to also uh, put a, a spin on things. I mean, I had a team that said you don't you're not asking enough questions about blue bloods. So, I mean, they they were pretty specific. So like, here's oh, what you do, yeah. by the way, James. You do a whole round on horseshoe crabs. Oh, God. Why horseshoe yeah, right. crabs? Because horseshoe crabs crabs have blue blood. In fact, uh, I've heard this, and somebody's <laughs> going to fact check me in the in the notes. Uh, after this goes live, I have heard that ounce for ounce horseshoe crab blood is the most valuable liquid on earth. How about how about a this or that round where you have to name if it's a horseshoe crab or Tom Selleck's mustache? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I think I've brought this up in another episode, and it may have been before you were uh, uh, editing for us, Ken. But I, I had a team that would always get on me about questions not being fair or not being the right difficulty or not in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And I got so pissed off that I hosted a round uh, called, is that a bubble bath? <laughs> and it was a picture round. And the answer was yes or no. And it was literally pictures of things that either were or were not a bubble bath. 
I've seen this round. It was my favorite round he's ever done. They did not get a perfect score. Well, because a, they thought I was round, trying you know? to trick them. It, so some teams will just never be happy. Fuck them. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the new catchphrase for this podcast. We're not making you happy. Deal with it. Right? Like, where where do you go from that? Yeah. Well, kind of the opposite of the idea of, well, fuck them, is that uh, <laughs> pop culture can actually be used as an equalizer because um, I think pop culture is a great um, tangential sort of uh, device that you can use in your questions to, to guide uh, different groups of people into the correct uh, answer. Oh, using it as kind of a backdoor into something that's a little yeah, more academic? So even yeah, so even, even if it's not a pop culture question strictly, um, you can use pop culture to guide uh, non-academic uh, inclined people to the correct answer or um, vice versa actually use use academic stuff to get somebody to the, a pop culture answer there's something along the lines of uh, Tammy on Real Housewives of Mobile Alabama is the wife of what world record holder for baseball steals Kind of perhaps, thing, perhaps. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real fact. I just wanted to see where the the route was going to go on that. I wish I knew before I started asking it. <laughs> Pretty sure it's not, but yeah, no that that makes it like if you're just using pop culture as uh, like an ingredient in the recipe, uh, for sure. Yeah, I like that approach definitely. Now you guys know that my uh, my live shows and and some of my online shows. Uh, we hit the academic stuff pretty hard. You know, half half my game guaranteed is history. It's high culture as opposed to pop culture. Uh, I'm stealing that from the the you don't know Jack people. Uh, geography, <laughs> science, the rest of it, you know, I just kind of throw under the umbrella of entertainment and sports. And then there's I call it cult, uh, culture. It used to be the arts. And then I realized I want to do to do questions about celebrity stuff and questions about fashion and, you know, food and drink and stuff that uh, lay people could walk into a bar not knowing it was trivia night and not being particularly good at trivia and and have an in on a couple of the questions because it tickles their specific fancy. Yeah, that's that's one of your uh, categories that I really liked. And I liked your uh, your name change on that, too. It, it really made a lot of sense. Um because it used to be history and the arts. And uh, what is the arts? And it well, you know, I started doing like wide... magazine questions, tabloid stuff. And I'm like, that's, yeah. I, I'm hard pressed to call this art. Turned out it was a pretty wide uh, category. No, um, no diss to you, Jason. I think uh, it was, that's the correct category that it should have been in. But uh, your rename uh, really locked it down, I think. Oh, you, you hit the nail on the head. It was absolutely my catch all for shit that didn't fit anywhere else that I wanted to ask about. Like uh, mixology, that's an art, kind of. Yeah. Food and drink, mixology, fashion, yeah, all that stuff. Now, uh, you mentioned sports and all of that, and I agree that sports should be a separate category. Do you think that sports is considered popular culture to people? I, I think you would have to. If, you, if the question was, is this or is this not pop culture sports to me? Absolutely, yes. I, I still think it's better considered its own topic, but it falls under the more pop culture uh, umbrella than it does the more academic umbrella. If those are the the kind of dividing lines that we're drawing for purposes of this discussion. 
See, for me, and I, I don't know where the divider would be, but I think it would have more to do, whether or not it's pop culture would have more to do with how recent or current it is. You know, if you're talking like Babe Ruth type stuff, I wouldn't really consider that pop culture. Whereas if you're okay. talking, I can, you know, I can see what you're saying on that playing today. Yeah. But it, it's still, it, it is just a very, uh, there's a fuzzy boundary around pop yeah. culture for sure. Agreed. I think the, the defining characteristic of pop culture is, is right there in the name. It has to be stuff that at least to a subset of uh, the community is popular. Uh, and then it also has to be something to do with the culture, the humanities, um, the, the inner reactions between people as opposed to, again, and I keep going to the well when I say this, stuff you read in a book in high school. True. Yeah. You know, with, with that comment from you, Jason, too, that with the word culture being in it, um, we don't actually have this on our notes to talk about. But how do you or do you write pop culture rounds for an international audience? You know, I didn't until 2020, and I still don't in general. I still find myself having a very US-centric slant when I write, but at least now, uh, as we're approaching the end of the year, I find myself being more and more aware that not only is my audience more diverse uh, in terms of you know, location uh, within the United States, uh, in terms of, you know, gender, sexuality, race, th things of that nature. I have people who play from the UK and from Canada. And uh, for a time, people in South Korea and Australia, the United Arab Emirates, I think I had at one point, uh, somebody used to pop in from South America. So I'm finding myself being more aware that when I write a question, I'm either making it US centric or I'm going out of my way to throw a bone to somebody who might have an easier in because they're not from the U.S. Well, when I uh, guest hosted on your show this past uh, week, that was uh, kind of what I was mindful about. Uh, not only did I, well, you said throwing a bone. I did kind of do that. I had a British television category, but I think that was also something where even though people over across the pond might have done much better in it, I still made it accessible for some of the American people uh, that would be playing. Uh, and, you know, there were also some questions, though, and I was thinking, is somebody that's not from the United States going to get this? And sometimes there's just no choice. I had to just use the question as it was. Uh, like there was a, a question about the only president whose initials were J.G., and how many people outside of the United States know who the presidents are? I mean, can you name the prime ministers from England? You know, how many of those can you come up with that uh, haven't been through, you know, the last 20 years or something like that? Uh, I think that not only are people like you and I getting more mindful about it because we're broadcasting online to an international audience, but there are other companies as well. You mentioned You Don't Know Jack, for example, uh, the mm -hmm. Jackbox games. They've got options for turning off U.S.-centric uh, trivia. So you can make it so that you can stream to that international audience without, you know, uh, having to worry about them not knowing what, uh, you know, married with children is. So you've got that going on. I think that everybody's starting to realize it. 
Yeah, and I'll talk a little bit about the other side of that coin. I do, because of my crazy-ass schedule, I can't play a lot of American uh, pub trivia games online right now because I'm usually doing an American pub trivia game at that point. <laughs> but uh, there are several people in the UK who, who stream pub quiz content uh, on Twitch, and I have found several of them. So shout-outs real quick to Tipster and Atbash and Royal Flush and Quizzy Dan and Matt the Ref. Um, the beautiful thing about them is they go like right in the middle of my afternoon when I have Jack and shit to do and Jack left. But I do notice that there is a lot of specifically when it comes to pop culture stuff, stuff that I don't even have a whiff at uh, in, in at the uh, plate because I'm not familiar with British pop culture. So the the internationalization of it is something that I don't know that there's a solution to it if it were assuming that it's a problem, but it is something at the very least to be aware of. Uh, what seems like automatic information to people with a pulse in the United States might be nigh ungettable overseas and definitely vice versa. Yeah, and as a podcaster, you really have to um, be mindful of that. Now, we have a lot of guest hosts, uh, especially lately, uh, who write the questions for the show, and we try to make sure a lot of different uh, kinds of voices can get on the, the program, international um, and so everybody's in included, but it is a great challenge uh, to write that way and also to um, kind of try to gauge the difficulty of the, the stuff that you're writing, mm -hmm. as well as make sure it's not stuff that only you're aware of. Yeah. How do you do that, though, is the real question. Like, how do you know as a writer that the stuff that you know as a person is either uh, fair game or is either way too obvious to everyone else or way too unobvious. Like, I guess what I'm asking is how, how can you tell that you have a good middle of the road style pop culture question from your own viewpoint? Yeah. Well, for me, it's a lot of trial and error <laughs> over yeah. the years, to be honest. I've, I've I think it is for everybody. Yeah. I've whiffed a lot of times and, um, I kind of just have to step outside myself a little bit and kind of think a little bit more, um, objectively about it you know i mean you've got uh your audience is really you got to think about who's playing you know um even though i get questions from uh, my company when i'm doing my weekly shows you know this is where they were complaining about blue blood it's like well i don't really have control over that but of course the questions are going out to lots of different hosts and lots of different venues with lots of different audiences. So mm -hmm. you might get a very young twenties to thirties crowd, or you might get a lot of fifties uh, to sixties. And so, you know, you can't write for just one age group in that case. Uh, if you know who you're going to be talking to though, if you know who you're going to be asking, then uh, you just got to do your best to figure out, what are they going to know? What are they interested in? And uh, and like you said, you just got to throw it against the wall and see what sticks. I mean, sometimes you do whiff. Sometimes you just have a, a bomb of a day, but at least you know now what not to ask uh, or what to go with the next time. Well, on that note, do you think that it's better to write pop culture towards the people that you know will be in your crowd? Like, uh pop culture that's that's going to be kind of aimed at your regulars or to uh go for a more neutral seeming pop culture set oh well, boy um go ahead ken you take this one yeah to quote a uh very famous pop culture commercial why not both 
That's what I say. Um, I, I think it, there's nothing wrong with catering to your audience and making sure it's entertaining to your audience. At the same time, you can kind of sprinkle some fresh stuff in there, I think, to make it accessible. I mean, I even had a very, very niche show every year I do uh, a video game pub trivia quiz. And uh, the questions that I would come up with, there would be, you know, just some obscure little factoid about a game that was produced in 1993. And there would be multiple teams that get it right. And I'm just absolutely amazed at some of the stuff that they come up with. Now, problem is there are probably also a lot of just casual players there that need stuff that's going to be more about, you know, what everybody knows about Mario and Luigi versus, uh, you know, a specific character from Final Fantasy VII. So it's hard even in a niche environment to write for everybody because you got to cater a little bit to the uber geek, but you also have to make sure that the people who are just the casuals are having a good time as well. And that brings up a question that I wanted to ask you a moment ago when you were talking about uh, grading difficulty. So um, I know Corey's game pretty well. I obviously know my own. I know Ken's format on Triviality as well. Uh, I don't know if you do, um, either at your events or, or with the company that you work under, if you do uh, rounds with a central theme to them or not. So first of all, do you? When I'm doing my big fundraisers, I always have 10 questions in 10 categories or something like that. So mm. uh, there's very few things that are going to be uh, just general knowledge. Everything's going to have some kind of uh, a narrowness to it. Uh, so there's going to be rounds where everybody kind of tanks, and then there's going to be some where some tables are especially happy and some uh, just not going to be able to claw their way back out of it. So Yeah, that was, that was the, the thing I kind of wanted to get to and open up a, uh, for a very quick kind of discussion is when you do a pop culture-centric round and you have this feeling that you have done something that's clever, but people who are, who aren't in on the joke, for lack of a better word, might not succeed in that round. How do, how do you feel about approaching an entire round's worth of stuff, basically, where you don't expect the average score out of 10 to be five? You expect there to be two averages, like eight and two. Wow. Um, you know, that kind of happened to me. Unfortunately, it was more like the average was uh, on the lower side. Uh, I did a category of Disney movies in Spanish, so the title of a movie in Spanish, mm-hmm. and I thought that there were enough little clues in the the titles to where a lot of people would be able to pick up on them, but man, that got a lot of pushback. It was one of the Ooh. worst categories, unfortunately, that I've ever done. But And it's a it was neat clever. idea, too. Let me it say that. It was clever as hell. It was yeah. fantastic. I had a whole lot of fun researching and writing that one, and you know what? That's uh, listen, it's important to please your audience, but you got to please yourself sometimes. And I had a lot of fun doing that one. You heard it here first. James Key in Louisville, Kentucky, pleases himself as much as possible. (laughs) And just just for the record, I I think your category is fair. I think a lot of people take Spanish in high school and uh, Mm -hmm. it's widely spoken here in the United States. So I think your questions that round is fair. Oh, absolutely. You're combining something that is so ubiquitous in the pop culture space as Disney with something that is ubiquitous enough to be, you know, fair game and not specialist fodder, like uh, you know, converting the, the the titles into Spanish. Yeah, I really like that idea. I'm mad at you for having had it and not being me. <laughs> well, uh, I'll be sure to put it in my archive and you can pick and choose how you like it. So uh, feel free to use it free of charge. 
So I, I suppose I'll throw a question to Ken here real quick. Um, Ken, you like weird stuff. Weird stuff? What would define that? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what Ken stuff is. I think it's still the greatest mystery in the history of uh, triviality. What Ken knowledge is, but I know it, it leans to pop culture stuff that is not necessarily commonplace. Uh, compared to some other things like Ken stuff isn't knowing what the pop charts are. Ken stuff is knowing indie music. Ken stuff isn't uh, watching Nickelodeon cartoons. Ken stuff is anime that isn't as big in the US, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I'll ask you when you're writing uh, for Triviality in a pop culture context, how do you do you do anything to try to make sure that the stuff that you know is not too niche? Or, or too obscure for a general yeah, audience. Yeah, definitely. I, I had, I'm still trying to convince myself that not everybody knows the song Born Slippy by Underworld, but uh, it, it appears that, that though, nobody does. I love that song. Was that on the Underworld soundtrack, or am I thinking of a different track? No, it's not. Uh, um, not, not. Uh, or was that Train Spotting? It's, it's Train Spotting, yeah. It's okay. It's big Train Spotting song. Yeah, I know not exactly everybody which knows. song you're talking yeah. about. I'm still trying to convince myself that not everybody knows that. But yeah, honestly, it is a lot of trial and error, um, combining hints in to make something uh, more accessible if I am writing about something that I specifically uh, am interested in and I don't think other people are. Um, it is more difficult for me because, like you said, I do kind of dabble in you know, different genres and different interests. Um, mm-hmm. But I try to think of pop culture more as like a palette that I can include in in other questions and combine mix with other things it's a it's a it's a pop culture smoothie you know it's a nice little smorgasbord uh what's what's the thing where you throw like lunchables on a wooden plank and call it food uh charcuterie yeah it's a charcuterie board <laughs> of of knowledge <laughs> that oh my well, god you throw lunchables <laughs> on a tray that's just shitty food porn man <laughs> convince me that that's not what charcuterie <laughs> is i i will wait I don't even know where to go from that. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to hard transition into something else. <laughs> uh, a lot of pop culture, uh, I think, involves stuff that is currently in like the, the public's eye or the public mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you navigate around the the time frame of when it's okay to ask a question uh keeping things in mind like uh spoilers or oh. the time it takes information to spread uh among the public and as a side note to this because it tends to be more current stuff do you write those questions with an eye towards the future you know, making it something that you can come back to and, you know, maybe reuse down the road? Or is it just kind of a disposable question that, you know, two years from now, nobody's going to know the answer to? Oh, I'll, I'll jump in uh, real quick from my perspective on both of those. And I'll take the second part first. Uh, when I write a question, I assume always that it's one and done. I always save them and I often do reuse them. But I don't go into my writing process saying, Hey, how do I word this so that it's future proof or I'm aware it needs to be updated potentially five years from now? Uh, that is future me's problem to deal with. Present me just <laughs> needs to get some some characters in the document uh, because I have a show in 45 minutes. Damn it. And I still need 12 questions. 
Uh, as to your first part, though, uh, the question being, you know, um, how do you deal with spoilers? I you go with your gut, I think, is, is the I best agree. answer that I have. Uh, unless it is explicitly like a current event style question. Even then, don't do spoilers for current event stuff, uh, hosts out there. It's just a recipe for you to get yelled at. Um, if it's not specifically in a current events context, I would say it depends on the nature of the medium you're dealing with. If it's a movie, wait till it's been available on streaming services or on DVD still exists, right? Uh, it, it's been out. I'd say, you know, if you're a year plus past, you're probably fine. Uh, if somebody really wanted to see the movie and find out the spoiler, they would have seen it by then. If it's been out in theaters for a year, TV shows, uh, don't do it the same season. And I think you're okay. You know, yeah. that, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of, uh, common sense comes into it too. Cause there's a different statute of limitations on like a major spoiler or a twist yeah. ending than just like something that happened. Yeah, it also has to do with, like you said, the, the scope of the spoiler. Um, for instance, and I know a lot of people are up in arms uh, on social media this week because in a certain TV show on a certain Disney Plus with a certain baby Yoda, a certain name was announced and people got really mad that they saw that name before they were ready to watch. And I'm like, you know, we've done this before. We've done this with Game of Thrones. We've done this with Walking Dead and all those shows that are are so cultural zeitgeisty in the moment that it's almost a shared experience that everybody's watching together. Stay the hell off social media. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't don't go to a trivia show where you think I might ask you the name of that character from that thing that is Disney Plus, you know? Mm-hmm. See, I was, I was going to propose a much shorter spoiler frame than what you just put forth. I would have said like, for sporting events, one day, one day before you talk about the winner of the Super Bowl or the World Series or whatever, uh, for TV shows, two weeks, for movies, one month, and then books would Ooh. depend. Books would be like a, a a wild card depending on how popular they are. You know, good luck not getting people to spoil uh, Harry Potter. You know when. Dumbledore died. Snape for, kills you know, Dumbledore. Like, right? Uh, things like that would be good to wait, you know, at least a month, but who knows. Uh, and then with, like, news, you know, as far as elections or deaths or anything like that, I'd say that there is no spoiler. Like, that's something you can talk about immediately. It, it kind like, of definitionally can't have a spoiler have to it because yeah. it's, it's literally news. Yeah. It, it is a really tough kind of thing to navigate. Uh, and it does lean also towards the other part of, of my first question. How long do you need to wait for information to spread? You know, how soon is too soon to ask a question about, you know, uh, pop culture news or results? And again, to, to that question, my answer is unless you're aiming at a current events round, uh, give it a little time to breathe. Give it a couple months. It's almost better if you give it that time because it's not the thing everybody just saw on Facebook and Twitter three days ago. It's something that they have to remember. Like, oh, do you remember? Do you guys remember Tiger King was a thing like 10 months ago and it was all encompassing and everybody knew everything about that show. If you ask questions about it now, your get rates are going to be down, but it's still going to be fair game. It's true. People have moved on to, to the nightmare yeah. that is this this year. I had almost I, forgotten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything, you know, is going to 
spoil, you know, not to use the, the word like that, but everything, the, the data kind of spoils, uh, you don't want to go back and, and necessarily like, do you think anybody's going to talk about Tiger King two years from now? I mean, even somebody said once, uh, Avatar is the biggest blockbuster movie ever, but you know, can you name any of the details from that movie? And it's like not really talked about. Nobody can quote it very well. And it, it's just, you know, you one know, of that, those things. It's that realization. I, I think I remember somebody talking about that on, on like Reddit or Facebook. And that was mind blowing to me. You know, we know, especially as trivia writers and hosts, we know that it is the, uh, it's this massive movie that made so much money that it's insane and that they've planned out like five more sequels, but fucking nobody talks about it. Can anybody what name the one hell? character from Avatar right now? Hey, the, there you go. I win. The the blue guy. Yep, that's exactly it. Uh, it wasn't even something that I watched. It wasn't something I even learned about. I don't think I've even asked an Avatar question like ever so man in uh, in know. some ways that movie was a waste of a perfectly good giovanni ribisi <laughs> yeah okay the one thing look, i remember from avatar is that giovanni ribisi was in it look at the inverse of of avatar 2 look at something like game of thrones that was this massive worldwide phenomenon for years everybody was talking about it everybody was watching it or talking about how they refused to watch it and when is the last time you heard somebody bring it up? As soon as it ended, it died. It did. It died, um, I would argue, a season too late. But yeah, no, it, it was huge. It was everywhere. And then it just wasn't. And maybe that has something to do with the fact that we don't have the sixth goddamn book yet. George, get right. on it, please. <laughs> I'm but, sure he's listening. You know, you'd yeah. be surprised. We have reach. <laughs> Yeah, it's things like that that make uh, pop culture really interesting and difficult to write around. Mm -hmm. You know, you never know how long it's going to last or who's going to give a shit. All right. So let's, uh, yeah, let's put a pin on the discussion. I think for now, I think we could do another roundtable topic uh, on pop culture trivia and kind of get into the, the nuts and bolts that we didn't necessarily cover in this topic. Uh, Ken and James, would you be willing to come back if we if we do a redux on it? Sure. I'd absolutely love to. Awesome. Um, be on the lookout for Pop Culture 2, maybe. Uh, but with that said, or if you have... leave a review of this episode and tell us that you want to hear a Pop Culture 2. Yeah. The thing I was just about to say. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, no, I was going to have them send an email to quadriviapod at gmail.com <laughs> saying... Uh, that they had ideas for questions that we could answer in a redux of pop culture trivia because it's such a wide category. And, you know, a 30 minute roundtable discussion is not going to do it as a as a topic as much justice as we wish it did. But I also know that uh, Ken needs to go be Ken elsewhere at some point during this recording. So should we transition into the uh, more fun part of this show? The back half, starting with the keyword challenge. Hell yes, yeah. let's do it. Fantastic. So, Ken, you've only listened to every episode in um, minute and agonizing detail as our editor. Mm. Are you familiar with how the keyword challenge works? Yeah, just about. Um, would you like me to explain it to our I listeners? would love to hear it, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were going there. Um, I wasn't, but so we're there the, now, baby. 
Yeah, so basically, uh, Jason's going to give us a keyword sent by one of the listeners, and we have to work it into a question. Could be the inside the question, could be the answer, uh, could not even be about the keyword, but contain the keyword in it. So let's get the keyword. Yep. That was succinct, and I think I understand finally what we're doing with this. So thank you for that, Ken. Uh, <laughs> James, uh, this is your first episode on, so I assume that explanation was good enough for you. I think I know what's going on. I'm ready to go. All yeah. right, then as soon as I drop the keyword, uh, guys, we're going to have about 10 minutes to come up with our single best question that has something to do with the word emblem, as suggested to us by Patrick Hasselbeck from Downers Grove, Illinois. Emblem is the keyword. Okay. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's succinct, and we're not all, I think, going to go the same direction on it. Yeah, it, it's uh, so, nice. It's not as specific as some of the keywords that we've had recently. So we do mm -hmm. have a much uh, wider pool to kind of draw from. Yeah. Let's see if that is a benefit or a bane. Uh, if you guys are ready, I am. Um, let's get the porn music rolling and I will see you all on the other side of this break. Hey, everyone. Jason here. While the host and I step away to think about our keyword challenge, we just wanted to remind you you can check us out online at Quadrivia Pod on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Quadrivia Podcast. And you can always email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Uh, we had 10 minutes to write. You had 30 seconds to listen to our social media. And now we're all here together again in a big, happy family. Aww. And it's, yeah, it's so nice. Uh, Thanks, so, Uncle Corey. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> oh, wait, oh uh, I don't like the headcanon of Uncle Corey being late. a character on this podcast. Too let's let's like pin that shit right down now. Uncle Corey with the PBR. <laughs> uh, Ken, why don't you... Start us off, since you've you've heard so many of these and never gotten to participate. Sure, show us yeah, what that's you got. true. Well, I'd be remiss if I uh, denied you a stereotypically Ken question, so here we go. The enormously popular Japanese video game franchise Fire Emblem Called it. was introduced more widely to American audiences when what two characters from the series were featured as combatants in Super Smash Bros. Melee? Since then, many more characters from the series have been added to the SSB franchise, but unfortunately, Siegfried was not invited. I knew somebody was going to go Fire Emblem on this, and I knew it was going to be you, so way to be on brand there, Ken. Yeah. Uh, I know one of these for sure, because my kid won't shut the hell up about them, but I don't know the second one offhand, and I'm hoping, uh, because this is a modern video game question, that uh, my, my teammates here, Corey and James, can kind of bail me out a little bit. Well, the uh, Siegfried part, that gives a uh, lay to the first one, which is Roy. Uh, and I believe I, I know, I think I know what the other one is, but I want to get a confirmation from somebody else if possible. Well, does that yeah. other answer yeah. uh, put a smile on your face by any chance? I mean, if you misspell it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get where he's going, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm either really bad at this clue or I'm really dumb about this answer, and I thought I knew it dead to rights. Uh, Corey, what do you think? Uh, it, I believe it's Marth. I, yeah. oh, crap. I You know what I did? <laughs> you thought it was Mirth. No, I thought it was Persona 5. <laughs> oh. I was making a Joker reference. Joker, Persona 5's yeah. Joker was a uh, character in Super Smash Brothers. 
uh, the most recent edition. So I was I was off on this one from the get go. Yeah, well, with your powers combined, you did get it though. It is Marth and Roy. Yeah, right. powers combined bullshit. That, that was all Corey and James and me just not knowing video games. Well, <laughs> funny you should say that. <laughs> well, it's not my turn though, is it? It, it uh, we'll, is. We'll so get to funny. you. Uh, we're going to dissect yeah. <laughs> this question real quick. The Siegfried clue, very solid. Uh, there's no, there's no secondary in for Marth, um, as I just learned. Uh, yeah. But the the. <laughs> If you knew Marth and you were blanking on the other one, uh, a great ad there. Get rate on this general knowledge kind of audience, probably 30 to 40 percent. But I like it. It's it's niche, but it's not so niche that somebody says that I didn't have a fair shot at this. Super Smash Brothers is definitely one of the most popular franchises uh, video game wise of like all time and especially in the last 15, 20 years. Yeah, I was I was teeter tottering on um, a name one uh, addition to that question, but then I couldn't use the Siegfried thing because then it's way too easy. Yeah, and I like the, the the addition of the Siegfried in there. So you gave a half clue, which is I think the right amount of clue for this one. Uh, let me preface this by saying there's definitely an argument to be made for us revealing our questions to each other prior to. Uh, recording them for the listeners oh no did did we finally do the thing well how about i read you my question and you tell me all right fire emblem is a series of tactical rpgs put out by one console manufacturer that has released 13 titles three remakes and four spin-offs in the last 30 years despite the number of games with all but seven of the earliest being released in the u.s market most casual gamers will only know two of their characters due to their appearance in what other series. Ironically, it was their appearance on that series that led to the rest of the games getting a U.S. release. For two bonus points, name each of those characters. You did the thing. <laughs> yep, I did the thing. A uh, different direction on. I like the, the bonus point idea there uh, for sure, though. I, I don't know that we need to discuss that the answer here is <laughs> Super Smash Brothers as a series and Marth and Roy or, or whatever uh, wasn't Persona characters that the other guys said on the last question, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. I think that's covered. Yeah. Just a slightly yeah. different direction, slightly different ask, but all the same same information there. And you're going to see that sometimes. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. We, we've all seen each other's trivia shows. How many times have you seen uh, somebody else in the Trivia Writers Co-op or listen to a podcast and go, hey, I wrote this question. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't do it in this way and use these words, but I've done this ask. I, I, I like the direction they went with their ask or I liked mine more. Uh, these are definitely, they're two sides of the same coin, obviously, but they're very different sides of that coin. Uh, the voicing is very different on these. Uh, the fact that you included... You know, the bonus point in is nice. Yours is fleshed out as more of a story, whereas Ken's was more kind of direct to the point with the ask. Uh, I'm not saying that either is is better or worse, but I am saying that Ken's is better and yours is worse because somebody else needs to win the uh, keyword <laughs> challenge at some point. Your obvious dig aside, I, I, I just uh, can't get over the irony of pre-break me stating oh it's so nice that it's so general we have so much to choose from and uh based on these first two and james's reaction to ken's question i have a feeling that we did not uh utilize that pool 
at all. It was it was bound to happen eventually. <laughs> right. And, uh, well, giving giving me I, the word emblem well, is kind of like setting the treat on the dog's nose, and I am not <laughs> trained very well. So that's that's baiting the trap right there, hardcore. Yeah. Uh, let's find out if we're going to go three for three. James, what's your question? All right, everybody. Here's my question. Marth, Roy, Ike, Robin, Lucina, and Corin are six <laughs> of the fighters that you can choose in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. From what fantasy tactical role-playing series did these characters originate? <laughs> Persona 5. I, I'm Still willing to put... Fire Emblem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll put money on the fact that Fire Emblem is the answer. Oh, yeah, I think that's going to be it. Fire Emblem is the name of that series. Yeah, I'm, I'm using my, my doubler or my wild card or my joker or whatever we're calling uh, <laughs> the fact that I know this Ted rights. Man, and all three of, of you going with the Roy and Marth connection to Super <laughs> Smash Brothers. That is crazy. Three. You know what's oh, even no, crazier, we, though? We so all included the, the Super good Smash. news is that because Jason couldn't pull Marth, we might get something different here. Yeah, James, to your question, it is succinct, and I would like it a lot more if I didn't just hear it twice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't have notes on this one, unfortunately. Um, I, I like that you put six characters in, so that if somebody recognizes one of them, you've got an option space to kind of work with. But yeah, no, solid question. Um, I really liked it, much the same as I like Ken's, much the same as I like Corey's. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that his is, is more the uh, flip of Ken and I's coin. Mm -hmm. uh you know him going for fire emblem where we both presented fire emblem but yep <laughs> we're we're all in it together so i i spent my 10 minutes five of which trying to come up with a direction to go on this question that was <laughs> fire emblem <laughs> and then i remembered we have a ken and a james on this podcast and at least one of them was going to go that route so i spent the other five minutes desperately trying to figure out how to write a question that had nothing the hell to do with fire emblem Thank God. Here's mine. A lion on a field of scarlet and gold, a badger on a field of yellow and black, an eagle on a field of blue and bronze, and a snake on a field of silver and green. These are the emblems for the four constituent elements of what? Well, it may not be a video game, but I am still 100% on that one. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> this is a Harry Potter thing, right? I think so. Yeah, so it's that's Hogwarts uh, uh, school emblem, right? The houses yeah. of the yeah. yeah Hogwarts, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you guys would be right. Emblem, I finally figured out, uh, has like a, a flag meaning, and that's you know the thing, the the symbol, the picture on a flag. So I finally went that route after I went uh, several other directions. I was going to try to equate it to like a naval ensign and make some like weird Wesley Crusher joke, and I couldn't quite get there. So I said, mm -hmm. uh, screw it. What are recognizable like flag symbols? I'm like, uh, let's go Hogwarts. Why not? Because I figured that it would be a raven on Ravenclaw's uh, flag, and it's not. See, I'm I'm really regretting. I, I changed mine up halfway through uh, because I did discover that uh, certain hand gestures are considered emblems or that hand gestures in general uh, are called emblems. And so I was going to go the direction of uh, emblems or hand gestures that are uh, offensive in one culture, but either positive or, you know, just non-offensive in another. And I was like, nah, let's let's go with video games instead. No one else will do that. 
So wait, you well, you backed into Fire Emblem because I yep. led into it and then swerved, and I'm pretty sure Ken and James were locked in on Fire Emblem when they heard the word. <laughs> yeah, I never um, thought twice. Eh, fair enough. The, uh, yeah, the gaming geek in me, it just had to come out. All right, the best part of this is the, the listening audience now has to choose between three <laughs> different versions of the same question or mine. I think so, that actually all of the votes for every Fire Emblem question should be combined and go up against yours. That would agreed. be the yep, absolute most fair way to do it. Uh, Ken and James and I will share the victory on this one, uh, should, we, <laughs> should we earn it. Uh, what did I say in your, your uh, stream the other night, Corey, when I had already taken about... my Ambien for the evening and you forced me to play Trivia Murder Party? If I lose, it's the Ambien's fault, and if I win, it's the greatest win in human history. Not sure what you're talking Feeling about. Feeling those odds right now. Yeah, you get to choose between the three of us together or Jason, and you can do so at quadriviapodcast.com. When you go to the website at the very top of the page, you will see a link to take you to the keyword challenge. Uh, just go on in there and let Jason know that Fire Emblem is better than Harry Potter. But possibly not better than Persona, a hill I am willing to die on all of a sudden. That's fair. That's fair. It's uh, the second Jason. most important vote that you're going to make this year, unless you live in Georgia, <laughs> then it's the third most important. This is very true. This is hard to agree on that. Irrefutable. I, I don't know how to transition off of that, but I don't disagree with you one bit. I do. I do know how. All right. Take it. Uh, hey, James. How are you doing? Hey, man. I'm doing fantastic tonight. Awesome. Uh, we only have one thing left in this podcast, and it is a round of trivia. And if my recording notes can be believed, you will be hosting this round of trivia for us. Is that correct? Uh, it all falls onto my shoulders. Yes, indeed. I've got 10 questions for you. Uh, and since it is pop culture night, I've actually taken two different dynamics of pop culture and mixed them into one category. So if you all are ready. So so is this like a, uh, I'm trying to think of that sandwich spread where the peanut butter and the jelly are in the same jar. What do they call that? Goobers. It's goobers, yeah. Yeah, is this, uh, have you goobered this round for us basically? Uh, you know, you could call it that. You could call it before and after if you want to, because that's kind of what it is. Uh, the category name, as I was trying to find it, was a horse with no name that tune. Oh, I'm going to be taking... <laughs> Ooh, Descent already. I am going to be taking <laughs> the titles of certain songs as well as the titles of certain game shows and mashing them together. So, Ooh. for example... Uh, if I were to say that panelists try to determine if civilian players have a Bruce Springsteen song that was featured in Jerry Maguire, you would know that it would be, I've got a secret garden. See how that works? I mean, I okay. see how that works. I wouldn't have said <laughs> that, but. <laughs> All right, folks, here comes question one. Drew Carey reveals that the cost is the performer of I'm Too Sexy. <laughs> oh this one i as soon as you said drew carry i'm like what is he going to put on the end of that what is he going to oh. put on the end of that and there it is uh, <laughs> yeah uh, see okay i, so, I don't uh, know drew that Carey, we need to, to chatter he, this one out but yeah, yeah no, Drew is the new host of uh the price is right and then I, i'm too sexy i believe is right said fred yes so the price is right said fred 
Yeah, that's right. You say he's the new host. He's been doing it for over a decade now. So. Bob Barker's Bob Barker for life, man. Ride <laughs> or die. Still, I am still Team Dick Dawson okay. when it comes to Family Feud, so I get that. Well, funny you should say that. Here comes question two. Oh, crap. Sister, no, Sister Sledge sings about parents, siblings, and children that are answering 100-person surveys. So we're talking uh, as, family feud for sure. Did Sister yeah, Sledge we, do We Are Family? Well, Corey, do you, uh, you want to answer that as the fellow professional wedding DJ on the podcast? Did Sister Sledge do We Are Family, that song that we are sick of hearing professionally at this point? Um, I'm just going to pretend that song doesn't exist, and I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I, I no clue. Yeah, if I never heard that song again at a wedding, I'd be having quite the cool in the gang style celebration. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going with We Are Family Feud. Yes, indeed. We Are Family Feud. That is correct. Hey, question three. Carrie Underwood can't do this on her own, so she will let our Lord and Savior buy the vowels. Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking okay. through. I'm like, how are, how, are, how am I going to get to a game show off of Before He Cheats other than uh, that guy on Millionaire in the UK that one time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that would be Jesus Take the Wheel, right? Of Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Take the Wheel of Fortune. That is correct. Uh, they're going to start to get a little bit more difficult here. Okay. Here comes number four. Talking Heads face a giant slot machine on a show about a jester's crazy, crazy existence. Okay. This one, I know the game show faster than I knew the Talking Heads song on this, because the game show is the Joker's Wild. And I was trying to think of a Talking Heads song that had Joker or Wild in it. And I'm like, it's not burning down the house. It's not taking me to the river. It's not. Oh, it's, it's, um, and I just lost it in my head again. Uh, Wild Night or Wild Nights, Wild Life. It's, it's that one where he says, uh oh. Keep going. <laughs> right. It's because it's a wild, wild something that sounds an awful lot like life, but I don't think it's the word life anymore. Does somebody want to bail me out on this? I know a lot of talking head songs, but I don't know their names. I'm sorry. Ah, yeah, I'm I'm no use on this one either. I, I guess I would be hard pressed to put wild life if I had to, to put something down before I handed in the slip on this. Wait, what, what did you say? Wild life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right, so you're going to go with that? Yeah, because I think I'm really close, but I can't pull the exact word. Well, you know, it is about the existence of the jester, so it is the Joker's wild, wild life. That is correct. All right. Oh, so what you're All saying right. is we should read the fucking question a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, okay. there are a little clues in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, number five, American Woman Band has a dire to win a seven-digit cash prize. So my first thought is who wants to be a millionaire? Yep, yeah. go with that thought. Uh, do either of you know who originally did the uh, song that was covered by Kravitz, American Woman? I mean, is I it, have a guess who? based on... Or the yeah. guess who? Yeah, take a guess who it is. <laughs> uh, Corey, you want to so do what, it? I, I thought he'd... The guess who wants to be a millionaire? Actually, it was Lenny Kravitz wants to be a... No, it is the guess who wants to be a millionaire. That is correct. All right. Uh, number six. Judas Priest hopes that Satan doesn't get zonked on this show. So zonked is let's make oh, a deal. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. With the devil. 
I was going to say, did Judas Priest do a song called Deal with the Devil? If it's, they did, I'm not familiar with it. I was trying to think through like Living After Midnight and uh, Painkiller and other stuff, but it, it fits all the pieces. Yeah. So uh, let's make a deal with the devil. Let's make a deal with the devil. Absolutely correct. Nicely yeah. done. Six for six so far. All right. right. Here we go with number, number seven. It's a surprise game show in a taxi. Hosted by the jazz great known for many the mature. This show and its hosts do not get enough credit in uh, in pop culture, I think. I love Ben Bailey and I love this show so much. Uh, I've got this dead to rights, gentlemen. Go ahead. Uh, you want me to take it? It is uh, Cash Cab Calloway. Yeah, Cash Cab with Ben and Cab Calloway for many the moocher. Uh, heard in the Blues Brothers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. And here we go. Number eight coming up. A single person faces a mob that are all singing the five for fighting song about the human lifespan. <laughs> it, so it's it's one versus 100. And is that like just called 100 years to live or something like that? Am I thinking of the right? You, you very much are song? aware. I And somebody please tell me if I'm wrong on this. If you recognize the guy's voice from Five for Fighting, does he not sound an awful lot like an American James Blunt? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I, I can see I that. That's a fair comparison. Let me let me do a terrible Five for Fighting impression real quick so we can get DMCA uh -oh. on our own podcast. I'm 15 for a moment. Yeah, that guy, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's, that's definitely it. one versus one hundred years. Yeah. You're absolutely okay. right. I just wasn't sure if uh, the exact title of the song. Yeah, perfect. All right, uh, let's see. We're on number nine. You might succeed, fail, or listen to the title track of Aerosmith's fifth album. Win, lose, or draw. My wife would murder me if I didn't come up with this album title. I'm pretty sure it's Draw the Line. I'm okay with that. Win, lose, or draw the line? Ken, do you have a thought? Uh, no. Not on this <laughs> one. I'm not, a, I'm not an Aerosmith fan, so I'm lost on this question. Yeah, right. shout out no to Quincy, because... who's going to yell at me if, when I inevitably uh -oh. get this wrong. But let me know, James. Yeah, don't worry. You succeeded. It is win, lose, or draw the line. Nice pull. That was, that was some solid teamwork, buddy. Uh, Not for go me. Wonder Twins. <laughs> hey, you knew Marth. Everybody yeah, knew, knew Marth. That. This All is right, true. Let's, let's close this out. We, we're, we're nine for ten right now. So let's right. jinx this and, uh, and finish it up. All right, Ken, come on. You can get this one. Uh -huh. This group... This group might say, relax, when they try to connect three celebrities in a row, tic-tac-toe. Oh, this is all you, Ken. I want you to bring us home. In fact, I will uh, say nothing. Corey, say nothing. Ken is going no. to decide our fate. So it's Hollywood Squares, and I'm trying to remember who goes to Hollywood. I'm thinking it's, uh, is it Frankie Goes to Hollywood? The correct answer is, Frankie Goes to Hollywood Squares. Congratulations, everybody. <laughs> Good job, yes. 100%. Hell yeah. Did it uh, all this by is, my lonesome. Is, this is a signature trivia nerd round right here because the, the difficulty oh, yeah. isn't so much that you scratch your head on it, but the the wording and the mechanic that you built into it just make you smile. These are just oh, yeah. fun questions, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always about difficulty at trivia nights. Uh, you want to entertain as well. So 
you know, even uh, people that get the hundred percents on a category, they're, you know, they're having a good time. So yeah. uh, I'm glad to do that. So yeah, this is the kind of stuff I live for writing these funky, quirky questions. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I like that. It really was. It, it might be the most, I, I won't say the most fun, but it's among the most fun rounds I think that we've had on the show so far. Very good work. I was happy to be privy to this in some way, shape or form. I, I will say I can imagine hosting this in a live venue. It would be one of those rounds where I'm constantly having to remind the players that if I can hear your answer, everyone else can too, because mm-hmm. they would all get excited as soon as they figure it out and like say it just a little too loud to their team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Anytime. It's not, it just kind of brings out that, that excitement as it clicks. I, I really like that. Yeah. Anytime somebody does that at a, at one of my shows, if I've got a wireless mic, I run over to their table and I say, here's the microphone. Tell everyone, tell everyone. <laughs> no, this is one of those rounds where, you know, that spouse who came to trivia night because they wanted to spend time with their significant other who's a trivia head, but they never really participate. And they're just there for like the Buffalo wings and the, the, the 350 beer or whatever. This is a round where they could go, oh, 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 I got this. I got this. Let me write it. And they feel included. And that there's always something to be said for that. Mm, yeah. Very yeah. True. And, and just like you all, I mean, you, you had to put together uh, a few hints from, you know, one half of the question and the other. So uh, it's, it's a good teamwork kind of a question. Now, let me throw one more question about this round uh, before we get on out of here. Ken, mm-hmm. uh, this screams triviality swing round to me. Uh, how do you feel about it as a swing round concept? Uh, I like it, actually. Yeah. This, this seems like uh, perfect for a swing round. I, I don't know how many more of these I can think of using uh, mainstream game shows, but uh, you might have to think of something kind of like this. And yeah, I think you could swap out game shows, though, for, you know, reality TV programs true, or true. Uh, mm-hmm. anything, really. As as for me, I'm going to combine animes and metal bands. You sure are. <laughs> All right. Hunter x Huntress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm up for anything before and after. It's kind of a fun, uh, fun round for me. It's a it's a tried and true mechanic in the trivia world. I think I did one uh, not too long ago. It was celebrity before and afters, and it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> oh my god! And I was so pleased as punch with myself because I found two that fit a before and after that were known by three word names and like notably in the mid '90s or so. It just Oh, just did it for me, man. I think my favorite was a uh, a movie before and after uh, that was Run Lolo Run Fat Boy Run. <laughs> it was just it was just fun to say, right? The little things I, that bring the smile, you know. <laughs> I used to do at my live shows, and this is like seven or eight years ago. After my uh, my team game, I do like an individual little like mini game for a prize, and one of them. I forget what I called the premise, but it was I would give you three music acts and all you had to do is give me the before and middle and after that you could take the titles of their songs and kind of make up. Uh, And my final tiebreaker one, I always put like five together and it was just this word smash that made no sense whatsoever once you stuck like three or four on the end. Um, if I can find one very quickly before we wrap uh, the recording, I will give you an example. But that's all I have on this. Well, how about this? Uh, why don't you first tell us where people can uh, find you hosting that sort of round? And then while the rest of us talk about ourselves, you can find that and that can be our outro. 
That sounds good to me. Uh, so if people want to find me and the work we're doing over at Liquid Courage Entertainment, uh, at least until the world goes back to normal, that's going to be exclusively on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage. That is courage with the letter K. And you can find me seven nights a week. Uh, you can find me weekend afternoons in the U.S. time zones. And pretty much whenever I have nothing else to do, which is surprisingly not that often. And I was and am Ken. Uh, you can mainly find me hosting the Triviality Podcast. Uh, to find us, just type Triviality Podcast in any of your apps or a Google search bar. You can join us on our uh, Facebook group, The Crop. We also have a Discord uh, channel that you can join. And uh, my social security number is... Oh, wait, never mind. Oh, no, no, That's no, no, all no, I have. No, no. That's okay. Uh, somebody it. can take that out in editing, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll yeah. find somebody. Somebody. All right. And uh, my name is James Key, the trivia nerd. Uh, I do weekly shows around Louisville at various uh, bars, pizzerias, and whatnot. But I also do fundraising charity events for schools of all kinds or any organization. Or if you just want to have a fun night, so you want to get a hold of me, hit me up at thetrivianerd at gmail.com. And I'll be ready to host or write or just, uh, you know, have some fun trivia for you. And I'm Corey with Third Degree Entertainment. You can find me at thirddegreeentertainment.com or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thirddegreeentertainment.com or on various social medias at Third Degree Entertainment. Uh, you can also find all of us collectively at QuadriviaPod on Twitter, QuadriviaPod on Facebook, QuadriviaPodcast.com. Or you can shoot us an email at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Also, you may have heard us talking about the Trivia Writers Co-op several times. If you're interested in that, or in just getting together to talk about this podcast or trivia in general, check us out on our Discord. I am not going to uh, spell out the invite link for that, but if you <laughs> check the show notes, there is a link for it in there. Uh, so... Come join the Discord and say hi. So, Jason, do you have a uh, outro for us? I do, and I think it's going to be an exercise for the listeners uh, to figure out what before and 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 after fits these five artists. But uh, I'm going to send oh, you on out of here on behalf of the Quadrivia crew. Uh, with identifying the five song titles in a row that you can blend before and after style uh, that fit these artists in order. Mariah Carey, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Matchbox 20, The Rascals, and Journey. And that would be always be my baby got back to good loving, touching, squeezing. Uh, God damn it, Jason. <laughs> well, bye. It, it worked, <laughs> I guess. <laughs>